just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokola and the Louisville Real Estate Show. Hi, everybody. Hope you are having a good Sunday. We're here with you till the top of the hour. We've got some great questions with us on today's show. Randy Rocky from Swan Financial. You can reach Randy anytime at 645-0736. Also, Chuck Crosby from the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck on his phone at 499 63 Six zero. Before we get to the questions, I had a couple of stories that were left over from 2022 that I wanted to get to and let you know about because they are interesting and may get you thinking. So, for example, as the U.S. housing market returned to sanity, where things have slowed down for the most part, researchers say these five cities are primed for deep price cuts so make note if you're thinking of moving out of louisville and we hope you don't or southern indiana again we hope you don't here are cities you might want to consider moving to because home prices are going to drop so boise austin nashville phoenix sacramento and other cities where prices climbed during the covid19 pandemic as more people moved to them Both Louisville and Southern Indiana are not named in the study, but prices here are coming down slightly. So, by the way, if you feel you've been squeezed out of the tight housing market over the past couple of years, and we know a lot of people feel that way, uh, you may be facing a perfect opportunity to buy a home here in 2023. You might finally get your chance, your dream home. Uh, The whole thing is looking more and more attractive to buyers. And quite frankly, for sellers, if you're thinking about putting the home on the market, the next couple of months are the perfect time to explore that. I would suggest you not wait until May or June or July, because that's when more homes will come on the market. And you're kind of like uh, among many other homes where now if you put your home on the market in the next uh, couple of um, of uh, weeks or months, you're the new kid on the block and everybody wants to come out and meet you. So that's kind of cool as well all right let's move on to the questions randy let's start with you elizabeth will be applying for her first mortgage in february and she's wondering what documents does elizabeth need to provide to get a home loan i think this is a good question for anybody who might be thinking about purchasing a home what documents randy yes so we would want to look at her w-2s her last two years w-2s um if he's self-employed we'd like her full tax returns if not self-employed, then this last two years W-2s, two most recent pay stubs. Uh, and if she's not doing a no money down home uh, bank statements on where she is actually getting the uh, the down payment money from, so we can look and verify that she has the actual down payment money for the, the home she's looking to purchase. And those are really W-2s and, 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 um, pay stubs and and where you're, you're going to get the money from for the down payment are the three most important things that we start out with. And then obviously we get into once you buy the house, you know, who's going to be your uh, person you do your homeowner's insurance with um, and et cetera, et cetera. Good. So it gives you a base to really start thinking about what you need, Elizabeth. I hope that uh, helps you out here. A reminder, if you'd like to hear and see what people are saying about us and also read, you can go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. 
You can also go, go to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com and read our reviews. Chuck, Kimberly, and her sister, Jane, are planning to sell the home that their parents left them back in, uh, they're going to sell it in 2023. They say in an email to us that they're having trouble with their finances. Their insurance company says they're going to send the this uh, these two sisters a check to replace a roof because of storm damage that was done last year during some of those rains that we had. Now, Kimberly says that Jane wants to patch the roof and use the rest of the money to pay off bills. Kimberly doesn't think that's a good idea, and she is looking for some advice. I think we know the correct answer on this, right? The correct answer is you do uh, the repair as you are paid for it. Uh, There's no way you can really hide that. You patch the roof and keep the extra. That's going to be a violation of the uh, uh, seller's uh, disclosure, uh, if you don't tell them about that, and also when he goes to get insurance, it's going to pop right up. They're going to know about it. Yeah, this this happened a lot back towards 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12, yeah. and people were using the insurance money. Now, what has happened, doesn't the insurance company now normally make the check payable to a roofer right. or the owner and the roofer? So th- They do not, that now, yeah. Yeah, that's to prevent yeah, yeah. that from happening. So, Kimberly, this may self-correct. Uh, based on the check when you receive it from the insurance company. But as Chuck Chuck points out, under no circumstances should you use it for anything but what it's specified for, because there is a clearinghouse where everything is listed. And so when an insurance agent goes to check on a new home that's either being resold or built, uh, they will see that there was a payment made recently for that roof. And that could be and then they'll look trouble. at the seller's disclosure of property condition and mm-hmm. they'll see that, oh, no, we fixed the roof. It's like, yeah. no, we got a problem. That's a problem. All right, Randy, we're back over to you for another question. And this one comes from Brian. Since we're doing our Zoom shows, we are getting these emails. And you can email me, Bob, at com. Brian says uh, he's heard bits and pieces about mortgage insurance. He's buying a new house this year. He's wondering, do I need to pay mortgage insurance and i'm i'm guessing he's talking about owner insurance from a from a mortgage standpoint so private mortgage insurance is if you're less than 20 percent uh that you put down on the house and you're not a veteran uh so or you're active in the military so uh uh, va loans do not require that but it's so um uh, that is a situation where you would, except for FHA, um, there there are other stipulations, but you you definitely do pay private mortgage insurance on FHA. So um, the the situation would be is if you're putting twenty percent down, you would not have private mortgage insurance. But in, in until you get up to um, um, the twenty percent mark, yeah, right, twenty uh, where you have twenty percent value in the home then the private mortgage situ- would go away except for FHA. It would continue, which hopefully by that point we can get you out of FHA and get you into a conventional loan. I know I've thrown a lot at you all at yeah. one time, but that's what private mortgage insurance is. And it ranges, you know, uh, on a $150,000, $200,000 house, you're looking, you know, somewhere around $150 to $200 a month that you right. have to pay up and above your taxes and insurance. So homeowner's insurance is obviously to cover the the home in case you do have a fire or something of that nature. So with, that is a, a, a situation where you would have homeowner's insurance on the house 
and for coverage. And then title insurance would be the lender as title when, when you actually do the closing. The lender says, hey, I want to make sure that there is not any liens on the house before, even on new construction. They're afraid that they might not pay the concrete guy. There's survey issues or something of that nature. So you have to get lender title insurance in case one of them comes up. And we had it happen by the Louisville Zoo. We had it happen at Rough Mm -hmm. River Mm -hmm. where there were some situations with boundary lines and things of that nature. So that's where title insurance comes in. And then homeowner title insurance also covers you on the homeowner side, which, Bob, when we close your loans uh, uh, with you all, about 99% of the people at least close with homeowner's title insurance as well. And that covers you not only as a lender but as a homeowner in case there is a lien on the property they did not see at the closing, uh, if there's, you know, uh, boundary issues and things of that nature, that this, this helps uh, cover that. So there's including all the legal costs in a nutshell. Yeah, including legal costs uh, that yes. might, you might incur. Yes, very, very good. A variety of things. So th- there really is a reason to think about owner's title insurance as well as the requirement for mortgage insurance. So I think we've covered insurance pretty uh, uh, completely here, don't you think? Yes, we did. <laughs> it was a lot at once. but yeah. Yes, it was, hopefully. <laughs> That's why if you want to review what we're saying, because I know we're throwing a lot of stuff at you folks, you can go to louisvilleanswers.com. Again, louisvilleanswers.com, and that will redirect you to YouTube, and you'll be able to watch this show in its entirety as well as hear it. So you got both things coming for you. Chuck, Tara is writing us. We purchased and closed on a home in July of 2022. The sellers falsified information on the real estate home disclosure form. They stated that everything was working in working condition, and they failed to disclose many, according to Tara, hazardous matters that they were apparently aware of, along with literally covering up issues that, uh, Tara says, uh, the inspector could not see. So they had it inspected. The inspection didn't show this. So now they've incurred over $18,000 credit card debt trying to keep the newly purchased house from crumbling to the ground. The sellers failed to disclose foundation, electrical, plumbing, flooring. It's a whole laundry list here. And they have solid proof, and they believe they could be out another twenty to $60,000. This sounds like a pretty detailed problem, but they're wondering what should they do? How do they, can they go after the seller now that's been um, less than a year? And can they also go uh, after them for stress, suffering, and hardship based on what they're dealing with? Courts don't go for hypothetical damages, things like uh, stress, et cetera, et cetera. How do you prove that? It's all hypothetical. Um, There are ways to prove mental distress, but typically not. Um, So what we're talking about is real damages. So the first thing to do is go ahead, find out what those real damages are. Get a, a itemized list to repair. Uh, come up with a bottom line on that. Send it over to the sellers. Uh, uh, give them one chance to be good people about it and take care of it. If they don't, give me a call. We'll hook you up. We should point out that for smaller items, Small claims court is the first avenue of offense, correct? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, there, what a small small claims is for anything under twenty five hundred dollars. Right. So, mm-hmm. yes, technically, uh, if it's under twenty five hundred dollars, you could do small claims. How does that affected by the arbitration clause in the contract is another question. But 
That is one option. Thing is, though, they're talking about $60,000 worth of damages. Yeah, that's, that's an attorney. Yeah, that's an attorney. That's You don't want to mess around with that. Just get a baseline what it's going to cost to repair. Give the sellers a chance to make good on it. If they don't, then you get the attorney. And we go to mediation, and then you go to arbitration. So there's a level of uh, right. moving along the courts or the way it's right. handled. Uh, right. Also and that's, your, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's why you want to get uh, hooked up with the people with whom uh, I would point you. Um, yeah. the, the gentleman, a uh, uh, couple of folks that uh, I usually pass people off to for that kind of activity uh, have acted as the judge in arbitration. Uh, they're familiar with that process. Yep. And also call your agent who represented you when you were buying the house because they need to get involved as well so they're aware of what's going on. Here's another story that I wanted to try to uh, make everyone aware of. I thought this was uh, interesting. These are the best states to retire in. Yeah, there's actually a list, and you'll see why I brought this story to the forefront and held on to it. So among the states, we'll start with number 10, which is Alabama, then Texas, number 8, Arkansas, number 7, Georgia, then Oklahoma, and Coming in at number five, again, these are the best states to retire in, Kentucky. Then that's followed by Mississippi, Missouri, Tennessee, and number one in terms of this uh, this report is Michigan. The number one state is Michigan. But I was pretty con- impressed that, uh, that Kentucky was uh, up there at number five to retire in. Oh, and I should mention that these states are the best states to retire in if you want to stretch your retirement dollars the furthest so interesting study if you're thinking about uh, buying or selling you can call me anytime day or night i try to make myself available even on weekends as well you can uh, reach me on my cell at 376-5483 or you can uh, simply uh, send me an email bob at we sell or there's one more option. Go to bobsellmyhome.com, and there's a form there to fill out, and you'll be able to get some more information there as well. Ryan writes in, Randy, what credit score does he need to get approved for a mortgage? I know there's different mortgages, so let's yeah. go through the different mm-hmm. credit scores that are needed. So after we have a no score and we go down to a 500 credit score, literally, you know, if uh, uh, it would be a, a manual underwrite, and what we do is we get it underwritten before, you know, your team or someone else takes out a client and they want to make sure they're going to get into the home. Uh, so we do that. So, you know, 500 to 580 or 579, everything has to be manually underwritten and we have to do an extensive manual underwrite. So, you know, it's, it's not that they work on it every minute of the day, but it usually takes a couple of weeks to get that through to make sure we're in good shape there. 580 and above, we get into, uh, automated approval situation where what we're looking for is really what we talked about earlier is verifying income and uh, their assets for down payment. So um, uh, so from 580 to 850, an 850 credit score, that's what happens in that situation. But um, mm-hmm. so those are kind of really in a nutshell what, what they can do. Chuck, we have this question from Charlene who writes us, my mother's will <laughs> lists my brother and myself as heirs to the estate. My brother passed away. So what happens now? Am I left as executive? Executive? No, it's executrix, Charlene. Does my wife now get 
does his wife get half or the, does the brother's wife get half or is Charlene the sole heir? How does that, is that based on how the will is set up? It's, it's based on how it's written. Okay. Uh, there's a Latin phrase per stirpes, uh, that would indicate if, uh, the devisee passes away per stirpes, it would go to that person's heirs as the case may be. If there is no will, uh, well, the statute, uh, that sets up, uh, uh, the descent and distribution also relates to that. Um, so if you don't have a will, and you know, there's a brother who's passed away. It would his share would go to his heirs. Okay, so, but it depends on how it's written because you can write a will to where if one of the devisees passes, it goes to another person, or that it goes back uh, into the general pot. But uh, most of the time, you see it per stirpes, which is where if that devisee passes, it goes to that devisee's heirs. So it's going to be important for a an attorney to review the will, and yeah, we'll give you a need to read it. phone number in a bit. Yeah, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of your questions continuing with us till the uh, top of the hour. Randy Rocky, Randy Rocky from Swan Financial six four five zero seven three six. Also, Chuck Crosby from the Crosby Law Offices at four nine nine six three six zero. If you're thinking about buying a home, we've got agents that will help you. If you want to sell, I'm more than happy to come out. We can talk about the process and come up with a plan. You can reach me at 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Want to buy a home but are afraid of interest rates being quoted? Swan Financial Home Loans can help you. Here's Randy Rocky. We know buyers want to purchase and we can help you with your interest rate. Swan has a 5-1 arm that can put your interest rate in the 5% range. Want another option? There's a 2-1 buy down where you have two points off the first year and one point off of the second year and then you go back to the normal interest rate. Certain restrictions may apply. Don't be afraid of today's interest rates. Swan Financial can help you. Call 645-0736, NMLS 2636-2473. You probably don't think you spend much time in your home's nasty crawl space, but you really do. That moldy air passes right through your floors and in your family's living area, causing allergies and more. Let Aqualock remove the mold and debris, disinfect your crawl space, and install an airtight barrier, giving you back a healthy home environment with clean, fresh air. It'll even pay for itself in 10 years with utility savings, and your floors will feel warmer in the winter. Call Aqualock today for your free inspection. 495-9450. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. In Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokola, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour 
Uh, if you want to get in contact with me with regards to potentially wanting to uh, sell your home or buy a home, you can reach me anytime. 376-5483. Also here continuing, Randy Rocky with Swan Financial. You can reach Randy at 645-0736. And Chuck Crosby from the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. If you are thinking you want to sell and you want to just get more information about some of the ways we have that are creative in selling your home and being able to find a home before you have to move out of your home, get a load of that. Go to bobsellmyhome.com, and there's information there waiting for you. That's bobsellmyhome.com. Now, I know this is a morning show on a Sunday, so what I'm about to tell you is uh, very interesting, but can also get a little ugly if I don't use the right word. So understand I may be looking for the correct words in this. And that story that I held over from the end of last year was cleaning your home. Now that we're in winter, there are some of the worst places for germs that you need to think about. So, for example, uh, one of the top things is your cutting board. I mean, a lot of us have cutting boards. And this take this to the bank. The average cutting board has 200 more times bacteria than a toilet seat. That's according to a microbiologist at the University of Arizona, and he's the author of uh, the first studies to measure bacterial contamination among common household projects and objects. So be careful. Also, and this one is, uh, I'm a little shocked, but I'm also concerned about my dogs, and I'm sure you will be with your dogs or cats or your animals. Your pet's food bowl, one of the home's dirtiest surfaces, could be your pet's trusty kibble dish. Yep. According to a study published by NSF International, that's a nonprofit organization that tests products and sets international health standards. If your dog licks a toilet seat, I, I, I'm being careful here, he's picking up about 295 bacteria per square inch. But if he licks the inside of his unclean dish, he just gobbled up 2,110 bacteria per square inch. And let's just face it, what dog just licks an inch? So uh, I don't know about you, but I will be going to the dog's bowls and washing them in the dishwasher with hot water from now on. Hopefully that helps you as well. Something else to think about, your clean laundry. A load of underwear will transfer. I know this is early morning. I'm trying to keep this as family-friendly as possible. A load of underwear will transfer at least 100 million E. coli bacteria. Uh, and the washing machine, which becomes a breeding ground, can contaminate other clothing as well. Now, this is according to a study published in Frontiers in Microbiology. With a front-loading machine, it's worse Water settles at the bottom and creates the moist environment that bacteria loves. And uh, the CDC is recommending to disinfect your machine by cleaning your washer with bleach at least once a month and adding that you should uh, make sure to disinfect clothing hampers as well to avoid spreading bacteria. Wash underwear separately with hot water and the color-safe bleach replacement. I think that last line needs to be repeated. We all need to take heed on this one. Um, to avoid spreading bacteria, wash underwear separately with hot water 
and a color safe bleach replacement. All right. Maybe too much information for an early Sunday morning, but this is really important stuff. We all want to live a healthy and happy 2023 and beyond. Uh, your carpet is another important thing to worry about if you've got carpet. Bacteria love munching on dead skin cells, considering that the average person sheds about 1.5 million skin cells every hour. Can you believe that number? That turns your rugs into a fine dining experience when you add food particles and pet dander and pollen and other bits. About 200,000 bacteria live in each square inch of carpet nearly 700 times more than on your toilet seat. Some other items that are mentioned in this study, your faucet handles on the sinks, in the bathroom, and also in the kitchen. Also, your computer keyboard, your purse. Uh, I suspect that it's the same thing for men with wallets, right? Uh, the kitchen cloth or sponge, something that also is concerning, and I'm not going into detail, just letting you know, your TV remote carries a lot of bacteria and when you're out think about this gas pump handles and also the keyboards that you punch in maybe your zip code or something also has uh, they carry a lot of bacteria oh this goes on and on elevator buttons when you go to an elevator press a button yeah maybe we start using a knuckle or something like that they're all covid infected uh, refrigerator drawers are supposedly uh, the NSF found that the refrigerator, vegetable, and meat compartments were the two top spots in the kitchen with the most disease-causing microorganisms. Okay, so what does that tell us? There's more on this, and I, quite frankly, I can't see us going any further because every time we turn around, there's bacteria. I think we could all agree that at least we've lived this long, even with the bacteria there, but now that I've opened your eyes open to, to this... Uh, maybe we need to be a little bit more careful when it comes to um, what we're doing, washing, especially when it comes to the, the things that stood out, the washing machine, uh, and then also the dog's bowls. Uh, my goodness. And that doesn't even talk about, I didn't get to the part about how contaminated our phones are, but enough is enough on this Sunday morning. Let's move on. Lisa, Randy, is buying a new home this year and writes in about mortgage payments. She wants to know at what point can she lock in on a loan when building a house? She's worried yeah. that interest rates will increase between the time she contracts with a builder and the time that they close. And she, from what we're concerned, that she may not be able to afford the home that she ends up wanting to build. So what would mm -hmm. you suggest? How far in well, advance? Well, we, we go as much as 12 months. Uh, between six and 12 months, there is a fee up front of 1% of the loan amount that is non-refundable. Anything under six months, there is not a fee. And if we're inside of 30 days, if rates have dropped, we will do them, do a one-time rate drop as well. Wow. So it kind of gives them an insurance policy on the one side. And if rates do drop, we actually will do a uh, a rate drop one time before we close, and that's and we can do that on what's called to be determined properties. We don't even have to have a property address. John sent us a wild email. He apparently lives in a condo. The HOA sent him a notice. Imagine <clears throat> living in a condo. You're minding your own business. 
you get a notice that a neighbor is complaining that there is a cannabis smell coming from John's balcony. Now, John writes emphatically he does not smoke marijuana, not even cigarettes. He asks for help. Thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much the HOA can do. Um, even if the HOA says, you know, no smoking of cannabis on your whatever, uh, if he's not doing it, they can't come after him. And if they say, hey, we want to come in and search the place. Well, you know, that's a violation of a few amendments that <laughs> that uh, would be problematic. Uh, if uh, they really feel interested in that, they could call the cops who will also find that particular amendment problematic uh so yeah unless somebody has a picture of him uh, in video uh using a you know an obvious uh, illegal substance on, on the uh deck there there's not a whole lot they can do well we are out of time and if you want more information from randy over at swan financial you can reach him anytime at 645-0736 also chuck crosby the crosby law offices at 499-6360 and if you want to reach out to me anytime about coming out and talking about selling your home or even talking on the phone or a zoom meeting you can reach me at 376-5483 we'll see you next sunday on news radio 840 whas